You're listening to What's New with Wired. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No You're listening to What's New with Wired. It's Friday, July 29th. I'm Zeke Robison. Today we're talking about how yesterday Congress passed the Chips and Science Act, which will jumpstart the domestic semiconductor industry, starting with manufacturing. Make sure to listen to the end to find out what other Wired podcasts you can check out today. Congress passed the Chips and Science Act on Thursday, a $280 billion package that includes $52 billion in funding available to companies that manufacture semiconductor chips stateside. It's a bipartisan push to reestablish American leadership in a technology that's increasingly vital to the U.S. economy and its strategic goals. Although chipmaking was pioneered in the U.S. and Intel dominated the global market for advanced computer chips for decades, competition from Asian firms and Intel's own missteps have seen that influence wane considerably in recent years. The proportion of chips made in the U.S. has fallen from 37% in 1990 to 12% today. But while industry leaders are hopeful that the new funds will help fuel a resurgence, regaining an edge in chipmaking will require not just money, but spending it the right way. The U.S. needs to balance short-term investments that shore up capacity with spending aimed at mastering cutting-edge manufacturing, experts say, as well as longer-horizon research and development for next-generation technologies. Powerful entrenched players like TSMC and Samsung also have a significant lead over their U.S. counterparts in many respects. Meanwhile, China and other nations are also pouring small fortunes into domestic chipmaking. Catching up will be hard enough, much less leaping ahead. The Chips and Science bill is a pared-down version of a previous bill that became mired in political fighting in 2020. It passed the Senate on Wednesday with a vote of 64 to 33, including yes votes from 17 Republicans, and was approved by the House today in a 243 to 187 vote that involved strong bipartisan support. The bill includes $52 billion for companies that manufacture semiconductor chips, along with tax incentives designed to spur investments in chipmaking. It allocates a further $200 billion for scientific research into artificial intelligence, robotics, quantum computing, and other cutting-edge fields. President Joe Biden is expected to sign the legislation into law before Congress heads into recess in August. The money allocated for chipmaking reflects the growing importance of chips in every corner of the economy, from car-making to home appliances, as well as the role that silicon has in driving progress in emerging areas such as AI, robotics, 5G, and biotechnology. A protracted global chip shortage triggered by pandemic spending and worsened by supply chain disruption also helped spur the legislation. Shortages of certain often cheap but critical components has forced companies to shut down factories or redesign products to make use of fewer chips. Economic headwinds are suppressing demand for some components, but others remain in short supply. 
There's also a growing sense that the U.S. is locked in a race for technological superiority and influence with China, a nation that has also poured billions into chipmaking in recent years. China currently lags behind the U.S. and other nations in terms of cutting-edge chip-making methods, and the U.S. government has sought to restrict its access to critical manufacturing technology. Chips are also increasingly vital for military applications, enabling more advanced drones, missiles, and algorithms that promise to provide a battlefield advantage. There is a really deep interconnection between the chip industry and the U.S. defense industry, says Chris Miller, an assistant professor at Tufts University and the author of Chip War, The Fight for the World's Most Critical Technology, a forthcoming book about the race between the U.S. and China to dominate chips. Both countries have been gearing up for a future of war that is heavily computing-driven. The legislation shows that risks posed by China are one of the few things that Democratic and Republican politicians can agree on. And it marks a shift in government from faith in the free market to the kind of industrial policy that has long been out of vogue. On Wednesday, U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo described the act as a significant step towards securing America's scientific leadership and revitalizing America's ability to make the chips that keep our cars on the road and fighter jets in the air. Not all chipmakers have been fully behind the legislation, with some worrying that it could unfairly benefit the largest chip companies such as Intel that have lobbied heavily for money. Senator Bernie Sanders criticized previous drafts of the legislation, noting that companies in line to receive money had previously sent jobs overseas, a concern that persists in the final version. There are still questions about how the money will be dispersed, Miller says. We need to be sure to spend it in ways that move the needle and are not necessarily aligned with lobbying. The U.S. needs to not only shore up its manufacturing capacity, but also gain an edge in the most advanced techniques, says Jesus Del Alamo, a professor at MIT who studies advanced semiconductor designs. That requires investment in R&D and accelerating the flow of new technologies from the university labs, he says. This will leave leading chipmakers such as Intel, a company that has made numerous missteps in recent years, with critical decisions to make around which technologies to invest in. For example, a technology known as advanced packaging, which refers to a way of bolting together different types of chips, promises to create new possibilities for chip makers. The approach was used by the Taiwanese company TSMC to create Apple's most powerful chip to date, the M1 Ultra. Del Alamo was the lead author of a 2021 white paper that argues government funding should include money for academic research into novel microchip technologies, programs that help universities spin out new chip companies, and resources to encourage training new students. He is involved in a coalition of universities and companies that plans to make specific funding proposals, given the significant funding earmarked for scientific research. It's important, Del Alamo says, for chips to remain a focus of the government beyond this funding. In this game, the winner takes all, he says. Whoever comes out with the next most advanced technology first takes a disproportionate amount of the profits, and that company can then invest a lot of money in R&D to keep on the leading edge. Make sure to check out our other Wired podcasts. Today in Wired Business, we look at electric car makers who think they've figured out what women want. Checking in on Wired Science, we delve into why human migration has made Europe's wildfires increasingly catastrophic. And on Wired Security, interstate travel post-Roe isn't as secure as you may think. Listen to these stories and more at wired.com podcasts. Thanks for listening to Wired. Check back in tomorrow to hear more stories from wired.com.
LuckyLandSlots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.